Welcome to Typecraft, the podcast that reveals the untold stories of type design. This week, we have Lila Simons, who cut her teeth in the type design world designing custom in-house fonts for companies such as Hallmark. Lila outlines her path from being fascinated by people's handwriting at a young age all the way through her education in type design and her multiple career stops designing in-house. The lessons learned along the way have led her now to a life of tutoring and consulting. Here's some of what Lila had to tell us. My earliest memory was I always wanted to mimic her handwriting. I was always fascinated by her handwriting, and I didn't realize this until I was much older and actually in at Hallmark. I kind of realized, like, from an early age, I remember my mom wanting, I wanted to learn how to write cursive so I could write just like my mother, because I thought, and I still think my mother's handwriting is beautiful and what I would love to see. So there's always been this fascinating fascination, mind you, of people's handwriting. I always loved people's handwriting and how it kind of coincided with their personality. It's like you see a little piece of them. And what was beautiful about graphic design or what I was thinking going into art school was you could go into any direction um, in as a graphic designer, you, if you were into printmaking, you could apply that. If you're into animation or even like illustration, you can apply that to your career if you're into fibers arts. So when I went to SCAD, that was one of the best parts about why SCAD was so appealing because they had so many different majors and the school was so large that I could meet and explore and get to, to see other majors and what other people were doing. Like I went from being type being the weakest aspect of my design ethos to it being the strongest. And it was because I just started reading up and just looking at, at books. That was what I pretty much did in college was I just, I just did a lot of, I, I read, I read, I read more than most, I think most of my peers <laughs> or was at the library the most, like that was my second home by the end. I applied for a job at Martha Stewart. I did not get the job. And they, but I didn't know this at the time, they kept my resume. The recruiter kept my resume because they said that it was so beautifully designed that they went, we didn't really like your portfolio, but your personal branding was awesome. So they called me in and that's how I got that job was they called me in for a different job, but it was because of the resume. I think they threw out the resume and they kept the business card and they were like, it, it, so I tell people like sometimes like design your resume really nice. Like you don't, it doesn't have to be innovative, but if it's nice typography, a lot of recruiters will remember that, especially the more visual ones. Even at Type at Cooper, I knew I was different from my other classmates. I had this love and obsession for calligraphic handwritten fonts. I wasn't so much into designing text faces. Like I, I had a reason for going to type a Cooper, but I had to learn how to make fonts before I could actually apply that. So Hallmark, I knew that it would probably be the only opportunity I would have to, to even be in the type design space because I still love designing. And that's why I initially went to type of Cooper is to just 
I thought it would help me get better jobs. And it did. Like I got better freelance when I was working at, uh, when I was at Type of Cooper, I felt like the quality of the work and art directors, even though I wasn't doing lettering, they were hiring me based on my process sketches and like my lettering portfolio. They didn't really care about the other work I was doing. They were hiring me for my, I guess they were hiring for my brain. I don't know. It was a compliment, but That's another thing about Hallmark is most people just work a eight hour day, five, like a 40 hour work week. And the amount of stuff we get done, it's unprecedented. Like even as a freelancer now, I feel like I get nothing done compared to what I had there. But I think part of it was I was, there was that time to really focus in, but also when you're on a big team you have people doing stuff like going into meetings for you, or you have a project manager who is managing everything. So I got to experience, that's what's nice about working in-house or if you're working with an effective creative team is they will make sure that you have the time you need to, to do the work. One thing I did learn at Hallmark, and it was kind of like building on what I learned from Jesse Reagan at Type at Type at Cooper when he was teaching at Type at Cooper was how to make, digital lettering warm. And I felt at Hallmark, I, it was just, I was expanding on it. It was like a, just advanced, a heightened concept of what Jesse was teaching us in, in his, in, at Type of Cooper. And um, I think that was the hardest thing was getting that balance between uh looking looking hand done but not looking like a mistake. I think what what helped me get into the Hallmark aesthetic was putting my aesthetic on the back burner. That was the hardest thing, but it ended up being the best thing for for me, especially when you are working as somebody you're providing solutions for a design team. You kind of have to put your ego on like the back burner. And that's where I always tell people, you you do your own projects outside work. And if they want your aesthetic or your your consult in that visual way, they will ask for it. I try as a as a type designer, especially one that works with other people, to make it look as much of them as possible, unless they are saying to me, I want you to put your perspective into it, Lila. Like I I try to make it look as much of them as possible unless they are asking me to clean up something, which a lot of them do. And that has happened. But I try to make it look as much as the lettering source as possible. But to go back now, talking post-Hallmark, um, I what's been interesting is being able to do whatever I want now, because when you often work as a in-house designer, you're just, that is your identity or that's what you're doing. A majority of the time you're creating is you're working for said company. When I first started getting involved as a mentor for alphabets.org, which is a female um, run blog and network for female type designers and lettering artists and type centric designers, I got involved in their mentoring program. And the first few years, it was a lot of me 
advising them how to just get more creative work or how to be more creative. But I started advising, I got started getting matched with people who needed their fonts. They wanted to learn how to make a font or they were a senior in college and they needed their fonts reviewed or just advisement during their capstone. And that was kind of when I realized I could, I could be just like, like I started realizing how much I like consulting. So I do a mix of everything now. I totally recommend working in-house if you're a type designer. You might not have what I had at Hallmark. I feel like what I had was very rare. But you could build, you could become, like, I'm seeing more and more type directors are becoming more of a thing. And I think that's, it. it is needed. And I definitely would say to anybody coming out of type design school is that, your skills are needed. You're just going to probably have to do a hybrid thing, such as being able to be a brand designer and be able to make letters. And the key is to be able to keep practicing both professions as you work. And I know that's not the answer people want to hear, but that I know that is why I got my job at Hallmark was because of the seven years I worked as a designer prior to coming there. And it did help me. It helped me at that job. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Typecraft. To listen to the full hour-long interview with Lila Simons, where she goes deeper into the custom projects she's most proud of, along with a comprehensive visual companion featuring her work, subscribe to Typecraft Season 1 at the Proof & Co. online store at proofco.gumroad.com. Subscribers will receive this and every interview and visual companion from Season 1 of Typecraft. Typecraft is a part of the Proof & Co. podcast network, along with the Intergang podcast. This episode was edited by Andrew Spheris, with help and music production by Eric Reed. The interview was conducted by Kyle Reed. To learn more about Proof & Co., visit our website at proofco.xyz. Next week, we'll feature Trey Seals. When I started designing the Vocal Type website, I wanted people to realize that you're not just buying another typeface that came from someone's imagination, but you have a sort of responsibility in honoring the use of this typeface. So I put the story first before you're even allowed to see the button that allows you to purchase the font. <laughs> and um, that's a huge part of it, for sure. Trey shares with us his stories of working for Spike Lee, being thrust into the world of designing for political campaigns, and how designing type through the lens of activism led him to start his own foundry, Vocal Type. Talk to you then.